Welcome to Casual Quest Masters, a casual master quest podcast. In this podcast, we'll follow the adventures of a group of characters who simply want to find their way in this world, but a more sinister plot is evolving around them. How will they fare? Let's find out today on Casual Master Quest. Get your dice ready because we are ready to roll another session of Casual Quest Masters. We are a D&D 5th edition live play adventure. Len's giving me a face. Representing the team is Nick L. Chody Mella. Hi, I play Vol Nightwalker Val Nagoni, who's a Goliath Ranger slash about to be rune fighter. Brandon Thresher. I play Magdor Bandiron, and uh, I need to find some more finger food for Vox. <laughs> Do you know where I can get it half off? Did someone just um, light a six? I thought I heard like a lighter, like. Tsh, tsh. Oh, was that you, Glenn? Did you just, did you just flick That's a big lighter? That's why I had to stay in the mic because the RTX voice, if it hears my voice from far enough away, it goes, just pops oh, in weird. I thought you like, like I can't laugh, flick, flick. I can't laugh. No, flick. Nope. <laughs> And yours truly, Tyler Vitatoz Knox, the uh, sorcerer <laughs> boy who's trying not to be a bother, so they're going to have a training montage with a Goliath grandmother. Uh, and certainly, I say last but certainly not least, our all-powerful dungeon master, Glenn Huston. Hi! Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons! You're going to let me slide with that one, huh? Okay, cool. Cool. Hi! Hi! <gasps> You pronounce things the way you want. I can't help if you're a moron. Damn. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, you better not be ring wearing rings with that backhand. Jeez. Uh, leave a mark. No. No, it's okay. Huston is... I've had it pronounced that way way too many times for it to bother me. So, yeah. Welcome, guys. I'm excited Glenn to play Hustler. Dungeons and Dragons with you again. Are you? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Who here is ready to play Dungeons and Dragons? I hate Lens. Dungeons and Dragons. It's a stupid game. I'm only here for the money. You're a town. But well, I'm what, ready to play Dungeons and Dragons. What better way to enjoy us all playing Dungeons and Dragons together than by rolling a d20 to figure out who gets to recap the last episode? What the fuck I happened, rolled guys? A three. I rolled a sixteen. Yeah. And I Ooh, rolled. It might be you, Nick. I rolled an Android, 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 Android 18. Yes. Sorry, Uh, blue screen for a second. If anybody can tell me what character I was, well, what real person I was impersonating, I'll give you an inspiration point. Can you do it again? Huh? (laughs) Can you do it again? I already forgot. Why? Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons. Hi. Sound like Bulby from fucking Jimmy Neutron, but then that's probably wrong. Have you ever seen any of Will Ferrell's stuff on SNL? No. Just Jeopardy. Celebrity Jeopardy. Sorry, I don't listen to okay. propaganda. Oh, no. SNL's oh. propaganda? We're not communists here. It's, no, it's, the, it's, the uh, it's Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell impersonating Harry Carey, who used to be a, an announcer for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, I could see that being him. Yeah, it's uh, Will Ferrell <laughs> playing as Harry Carey, uh, who announced for the Chicago Cubs. Where's my inspiration point? Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> so, 
should we if did we I said Harry Carey, would we have gotten there, or would we have to say Will Ferrell, or would we have to say no. Will Ferrell? Will as... Ferrell as Harry Carey, or Harry Carey would have been just what fine. What if we just said Will Ferrell? Well, what? if that's what you saw, and you were like, Will Ferrell playing a guy? I don't know who it was. I would say, great, cool, yeah, that's what it is. Half an inspiration point. Round it down. <laughs> <laughs> a inspiration point. Ooh. Two inspiration points is one inspiration point. So who's recapping? Tyler. Fuck, I am. Tyler. Okay. Let's get it, buddy. Hell yeah. Previously in Casual Questmasters, the group makes it back to the new Goliath village. Trot meets him at the entrance and wonders why we have a direwolf. Magdor convinces him to play a fetch with Vox. Magdor and Bull go to Daddy Goliath's tent. Bull runs everything down for him. Meanwhile, Knox convinces Shroud to yeet the gold or wooden bone into space. Fox is gone for a long time. Eventually, the group meets up again and then splits again. Vol and Knox go to a Grandma Goliath's tent and discuss Vol's training and aptitude with calling upon godlike beings. Meanwhile, Magdor watches the Goliaths make new armor and accidentally... No, gets accidentally drunk off his ass. Accidentally is such a, such a really different Loose. word here. I don't think you me- know what it means. Uh, and Knox returned to Daddy's tent, and he tells everyone they'll be receiving new Voltus. Vol chooses a tattoo of Twilight. Knox gets a mommy tramp stamp, and Magdor gets his holy symbol all tattooed in appropriate locations. Chief Daddy tells us that these tattoos are in fact magical and will protect us from cold if we ever need it. I'm sure we won't. Probably not. That's for it what it's for worth the... after the last. The recap. For what it's worth after the last session, I want to make a pyromancer that is just uses runes as spellcasting focuses and is okay. just a copy of Mustang from Full Metal because I love Mustang so much. <laughs> I was so, trying to think of that rebel guy who <clears throat> hunts down alchemists. I don't remember what his oh, name is. Scar. Uh, Scar, thank Scar, you. Yeah. What is his ability? From, What's his big thing? Um, the left hand is to... Um, no, it's the right hand is to destroy. The left hand is to create. Okay. Um, yeah, so the yeah. left hand can ki- like destroy like alchem, like just destroy any organic material, it's, it's, right? It's the first. It's the first half of uh, uh, transmutation. His brother was researching, and he was breaking down each step. And so the the his one of his hands uh, just destroys, so it stops halfway. So when you want to change something to something else, it just stops at the halfway point by just breaking everything down. Hmm. And then really the simple. other Struck- hand uh, builds everything up. So, like, they're huh. each uh, one half of the whole process. And there's a completely different Problem person exchange. who had a similar thing, except one hand he could freeze stuff and the other stuff he could heat up, correct? I think he might have been somebody that was a villain in one you're of the movies. You're thinking of the guy from My Hero Academia. Yeah, yeah, you're thinking of, uh, I can't remember, Shoto? Todoroki. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, no, I... Todoroki, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, okay, yes, there's a guy from My Hero Academia, Todoroki, or whatever... <laughs> But well, also, maybe it, it, it might have been in Full Metal Alchemist, uh, but not in Brotherhood, which is the actual story, first of all. Right. I think it and was the, the, actual bullshit story, movies, so. the bullshit movie spinoff where uh, they, some reason, go to like World War II France or some shit like that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, this is D&D. Yeah. 
Dungeons and Dragons. Dragon, Dragon. Well, sweet. That was a great recap. Thank you. Inspiration point. Good job, buddy. Thank you. Uh, last we finished, you guys basically were given the evening, um, so you could. I believe you were. We finished with you going to your tent, um, having being able to have the evening to talk amongst yourselves, have a little more IP if you want, and then when you go to sleep, we'll wake up and then begin your training. I'd like to say for the record that Knox spends at least half an hour standing in front of the mirror admiring their tramp stamp gangsta style. Are you admiring your gangster style or are you standing gangster style? Oh no, uh, like uh, like pants are hanging like halfway below the cheeks so that he can get like a mighty good or they can get a good view of it. And oh, just, I thought like 1940s gangsters, so you're just holding like a gun with a, like a fucking fedora and you're like, see, I got a Tramp stamp, see? I'm gonna take you downtown if you tell the coppers. Uh-huh. You know, if you'll say guns are cannon, <laughs> I have one. Yes, exactly what happened. They're just very rare. Do I have a gun, Glenn? No. Damn it. You could hold I a mean, stick the like a gun, pretty though. Much you does. have an imagination. That's what I did when I was a kid. Then I'll do it uh, whooping gang- gangnam style, then. I'll just fucking tap. I just want to look at my tattoo, okay? Wonderful. Dun, dun. So, Knox admires their new tattoo. Uh, Magdor and uh, Vol, what are you guys going to do, if anything specific? If you just go to sleep, that's totally fine. <clears throat> um, Vol's just going to not really do anything specific, except maybe just spend some time bonding with Twilight, because he now has a tattoo of Twilight, essentially. And uh, just kind of, like, mentally... Get ready for what's about to happen, because it's probably it's been a long time since he's done some Val Nugoni style training, so he's not going to be the most in the most talkative mood. Uh, Magdor is going to use, um, oh god, what's it called? Uh, Channel <laughs> Divinity, and he's going to take the axe that they had found and just melt it down into an iron ingot. Or wait, no, what metal did oh, we decide full. that it was? Dark uh, iron. Dark that you found? Style. Yeah, adamantium. Dark, dark iron. Dark iron, yeah. So he's just going to melt it down said, into sorry? dark iron. And no. uh, put the ingot into a his gi- bag of holding. A giant-sized axe of mithril. <laughs> um, the pouch of holding cannot hold that much weight. It is no. too heavy. Yeah. Well, it's still... You can carry it on your person, because yeah. how much do you have in the pouch? Because it's a pouch, and a bag of holding can only hold up, like, 300 pounds. Right now, the pouch is empty. Oh, it is? Yeah. And it's only... Well, was it was it in an axe that belonged to one of the, uh... Who did it belong... Where did you find this axe? I forget. We found it in the Yeti's cavern, but you said it wasn't theirs. Oh, okay, yeah, they had, they had gathered it. It's not their, the same size as them, so yeah. Yeah, you're able to get two ingots, and they weigh about 25 pounds a piece. It's a very dense metal. Ooh. Um, so that, I think, be based on the fact that uh, whatever the capacity of a bag of holding is, have it. And so it's going to be pretty close to capacity just because those are so heavy. But I can store both of those in there? Absolutely, yeah. All right, yeah, I'll just throw them in there and then just put it back. 
under my side. Perfect. So this time... Oh, 500 pounds. So you can hold up to 250 pounds. So it's not close to capacity, but it is about a fifth of what you can hold in there, just those two things. Oh, wow. That bag has expanded since we've last had it. <laughs> yeah, puberty. Or maybe it just got old. So, Glenn, they're, they're just... Uh, asking for... A a friend. Uh, so basically, we're in a large. Uh, is it like a makeshift uh, tent uh, made out of leathers and furs? Like, uh, what are we looking at here for like size and mm -hmm. composition? Uh, this one, as per like, I know we talked about it earlier when you first came to the village, but a refresher is good. Um, it's got it's circular um, in nature, but it, since it scans, it's more like angled pieces, kind of like a large circular tent made out of animal hides. It's about. In the center, it's probably about 12 feet tall, and it's supported by uh, um, ropes that are pulled on the outside and connected okay. to trees to hold it up, um, as well as a few well-placed sticks inside. Uh, it's dug down into the earth a little bit, and there mm. is a fire with a small opening in the roof for the smoke to escape. And around the room are three equidistantly placed uh, animal skin cots uh, with furs for bedding. Um, with some basic supplies around the room. So it's got a nice little pit in the middle where the heat can rise up um, and heat the room a little more effectively um, with an entrance between two of the beds. Okay. <laughs> uh, I guess if that's the case, then uh, after Knox spends their time uh, looking at the tattoo for a little bit, starts to get like a, that, that shiver because they're still not used to the cold and uh, they kind of go over and uh, warm up by the fire. And after a moment of doing that, they, you know, walk back a few steps and just kind of goes, and uh, all the clothes drops to the ground as uh, they get ready for bed. <laughs> nice. Okay. Magdor's right. asleep. Magdor's asleep. Vol is in quiet contemplation of exactly what these trials and uh, tests will be and training will be and... Knox warms up by the fire before going to bed inside of the surprisingly warm as they are they've been, they had been there for a little while before you guys got there so they had a chance to kind of make sure that these places they are temporary but they've become quite cozy um so you sleep no issues you hear um the dog uh the wolf Vox howling a couple times outside from relatively close distances, um, followed by distant responses of howls from the n north of you, which is most likely him just like checking in with his plan. Because if you remember, your area is up, look, and then in this this valley, then goes down into another. So the sound travels really well through these two kind of like cascading uh, valleys. Oh, I bet um, Elias loved that. Yo, you up? <laughs> Oh, we're over here. Wow. <laughs> um, They're all asleep. Now's the time. Every time I hear someone going, oh, <laughs> I just think of Hermione doing that when she's emulating the werewolf to try and draw it away in that like time skipping Harry Potter movie. Super good. Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, yeah. So good. I love, I, I like those movies a lot. Anyway, um, the books are better. I want it to be on record. <laughs> um, the yeah you wake up in the morning uh to the sounds of the village kind of like coming uh, awake uh they do have 
a few signals that are, you know, sign of the start time effectively, one of which being um, a light set of drums that is played as somebody walks through the village. It's like a couple hand drums um, just to get everybody started awake. And then another set of louder versions if they don't wake up as the village functions as a unit. Um, so, so their yeah. version of a bugle horn at a uh, military base is essentially war drums. <clears throat> but it's quiet. They, you, you know that they, they probably had a. Well, you remember that they had a much louder version of that. But since they're trying to stay incognito from the dragon and the frost giants, it's most likely that they've done this to keep some semblance of tradition, but also keep their location secret still. Um, but yeah, yeah, you wake to that. Um, I want to say Vol would have been up maybe just a few minutes earlier than the rest and out getting some fresh air and just stretching. Um, okay. Not like nervous and maybe uh, in, in like a good way, just like um, ready. Like it, like the adrenaline is already starting to slowly flow through because... Are you like you're stretching and stuff too? Like Yeah, just stretching and warming doing? up because like it's Vol understands that this is training that this is for to kill the dragon that that's who they're trying to get stronger but then he's about to be trained by his uh, younger brother who is inherently stronger than him and Goliaths enjoy competition oh. they crave it and he wants to make sure that in some way he outdoes his brother despite his brother training him because he's also the older brother inspiration point because that is how you would best whether or not you understand it or not, your character wanting to do this is how to best impress your brother. <laughs> Outdoing him will impress him inherently. Um, so inspiration point. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. he's, yeah, um, he's while just you're doing antsy. that too, yeah. uh, Vox, Vox comes up to you and submissively sits by your side and watches you, whatever you're doing. Doesn't interact with you. He does sniff you and come up and sit down next to you because you're the alpha. Oh, Vol would give him to some belly rubs. <laughs> Uh, oh, he would. Yeah, yeah. Vol would give in to like, like maybe like just like, a few minutes. Focus, focus, focus. Yeah. But belly rubs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Magor okay. is going to on the first drum. Open his eyes. And goes, today's the day, and he's gonna get up out of bed. Today is gonna be awesome. Because he knows okay. he's getting some new armor today, so he's hyped. But what uh, he doesn't know is what's hiding behind the curtain. <laughs> and I think, like, uh, after, like, maybe a solid 20 seconds, uh, Nox in their changeling form just kind of slowly, like, vampire rises out of the uh, the fur. And you can see, like, his face is slooping a little bit just because he's... They're still tired. Just... They're completely oblivious as to what they're going to be doing today. Like, they know they're going to be training with uh, G-Ma, but, uh, like, they don't know what they're going to do with Grappa. Like, maybe they'll read tea leaves and try to understand how to predict, like, the moods of the dragon. Uh, she did give you the night to contemplate whether or not you wanted to stick with your current path or choose a new one. Right. Also that. Uh, Nox did not do that one bit. Uh, they, uh... <laughs> They look like Nox would just eventually get upright, still completely nude, and just <sighs> dodge, and just immediately leap to the side, just to start the training exercises of uh, preparing. Just it's a ritual at this point. 
Nox just fully nude starts le looks like they tried leaping at Magdor for a second, like a like an angry wraith or some shit, and uh just Yeah. Yeah. Alright. So you begin dodge training, Magdor. What did you do again, Magdor? Uh Magdor just woke up excited. Okay, yeah. Do you do you just like sit on your bed and just Yeah. Pop open like, the alchemy to drug, take a drink. Get your armor on, you know, like, yeah, okay. So you just put your clothes on and sit there and jitter about what may happen. Um, at some point, while you're <laughs> dodge in the background, uh, you hear Vol as you're giving uh, uh, Vox some scratches. And um, as you have been focused on giving belly rubs, another hand comes in um, that you did not notice this was your brother. As Trod comes up and says, are you ready? Nox freeze frames. Um, why? Because they're completely naked and in changeling form. Yeah, Nox or Vol's outside. I'm outside. Oh, are you okay, outside? I thought, dodging I in you the nude. <laughs> I thought I heard a. You said a hand reaching of somebody new. I thought you said. Uh, okay. <laughs> he Will reaches to scratch the belly of the same dog outside. Do you want me to be outside for inspiration? Because I will. I'll commit. Outside dodging nude? You didn't say you were, so we'll, we'll have you inside. You just misunderstood what I said. Okay. That's my fault for not being more clear. My apologies. So, quietly. Dodge! Um, <laughs> yes. Um, you know the dog can't come with you. Understood. He's... So, so set just... him while you can, because I'm going to kick the shit out of you. I thought you were about to say the dog. Uh... you like, uh... <laughs> Trout's going to die. Well, found the BBEG. I'm not saying this in like a mean way. Rune Knight training is not simple or easy. It, it's tough. Oh, I've never heard an evil guy uh, backpedal before. I'm excited. Vox, stay with, uh, stay with Magdor. Keep him safe. I don't know what he's going to get up to today. And he just goes, he looks at you and nods and then goes straight into the tent. Um, and so that's where we'll cut into <laughs> as... Uh, a giant wolf that barely fits through the door charges in and then sits next to you, Magdor, on your bed, still jittering with excitement, and just plops his head on your lap. I'm gonna pet the shit out of him. Uh, he wags his tail. I'm gonna look at him and say, how much do you need to eat? Do you need to hunt again? You can tell that he'll feed himself when he's hungry. Okay. Uh, I, Just mostly because it's not a whole pack up here. One one wolf up here isn't going to be able to overhunt the area. Right. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, i got to do training today. Do you think you can keep yourself busy? Um, and he goes up and picks up uh, Vol's nice sword again and holds it in his mouth and laughs. Or, like, not laughs, but, like, looks excited. But uh, hasn't really done anything to the sword yet. Uh, maybe not this one this time. Uh, hold on. And he sets it down. And I thought about this in advance. The <laughs> axe that I had melted down with my channel mm -hmm. divinity, uh, the handle is still ah, there. Ah, inspiration point. Okay. Because it gonna, was a great axe. That's right. a big handle. So I'm going to pull it off and be like, a bet. You're a blacksmith. It's a haft. Oh, sorry. Haft. <laughs> <laughs> it's what my character would say. Um, 
Nice. So I take Very the haft nice. and uh, I walk outside. Say, "Come follow me," and I'm gonna say, "I'm gonna throw this once." And then you gotta find someone else to do it because I gotta do training. Okay. Mm. Okay, maybe twice, and I'm gonna throw it as far as I can. <laughs> Great. Yeah, you chuck it. Uh, he comes back a few minutes later as you as are strong. Um, and then he returns. What did you want to say, Vol? Um, when he comes back before <laughs> I like leave with training, um, Vol would, uh, I would imagine him and his brother would have made some chit chat. And then when, uh, Vox comes back, Vol would have gone up and be like, hang on, gone inside the tent and brought out Twilight, um, and told Vox, genius, um, if you're going to go hunt, make sure you get some food for Twilight. He is a friend. Don't eat him. I'm going to look at Twilight. Don't attack him. He's a friend. You guys are now friends, and I'm going to put Twilight on Vox's Make head. Make an insight check real quick. Uh, Let's see. 15. He didn't really get what you were saying at first, but then you said friend, and he got it. You said food, Twilight... So you can tell immediately he thought that you wanted him to eat him, but then you said friend and set him on him, and he went, cool. So it's a good thing you explained yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, I'm telling Vox and Twilight to be friends now, and if Vox gets food, like goes out to and hunt... And Twilight looks at you with the most contempt you've ever seen as you set him on the wolf's head. The reason I'm thinking a boo and carpet from Aladdin of all things, like initially, just <laughs> listen. I I have to go away on training. I'm talking to Twilight now. I'll be back. Fox, it's a good puppy. You're a good dragon. Make friends. Wolf's <laughs> gonna walk off. And as soon as he's done saying Let's that, go I'm gonna throw the stick again. You throw the stick, and Twilight flies up and catches it. And then keeps flying. And then the dog chases after him. Aww. Uh, two birds with one stick, I guess. Nothing wrong could happen there, right? I hope nothing happens. Wolf starts panicking the moment, like, internally. Let's roll the a d20 <laughs> and find out what happens. Oh. I like to use my nothing inspiration to make sure. Happen, I'm sure. Yeah, it could. It's not like there's a dragon carrying a stick that... Vox really wants. Alright, so what's the what's the bad number? I mean, I rolled a number. I'm not gonna okay. tell you what it is, though. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, after that... Show, Vol's, don't tell! <laughs> Vol's gonna <laughs> head out. Um, you sound a little nervous there, out. Vol. Yeah, Vol doesn't know anything. <laughs> I, as a player, know things, but Vol, as a character, knows nothing, and he's gonna head out. Good job separating that. Uh, Nox, you are still naked in your room dodging, and you can hear your friends beginning to have conversation outside. Trot is also there, you can hear him. What did you want? Did you want to like gear up and come out, or is there anything you wanted to do before you came out of the tent? Oh, yeah, Nox would be like into the training for a moment, but once they realize uh, that the room is A, empty, and B, their friends are walking out, would just go. Ah, ah, okay, okay, okay. And like <laughs> start roping up and gearing up, and uh, okay does a uh, mental whistle to uh, summon Craven, who's probably somewhere amongst the place. That way, as they... Yeah, he flies down from above that hole in the center where the smoke normally releases. 
and then lands, you know, like on a drying rack that has some meat hanging from it. Ah, uh, uh, Craven, please, uh, I want to make a cool entrance. Can you fly back out but and land on my shoulder when I step out of the tent? Go in Nasai. I'm sorry. Does you understand <laughs> Elvish? <laughs> that, that's draconic. Itadakimasu. Japanese is itadakimasu. It's just the cutest sounding language, not like No. Itadakimasu. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't. <laughs> anyway, great. Yes, you step outside of the tent in your mind looking like a fucking hero, walking out, flinging the tent flap open, stepping into the area where your friends are, uh, between all the tents. The fur you know, cloak is too bird. heavy, so I billow the uh, the cape door as I open it just a little <laughs> bit. And then, you know, Craven comes down and fl flies down and lands right on your shoulder. Uh, would this uh, would this have been? How much damage do I take? Would this almost poops on your shoulder, but doesn't? They don't control their poop. Did you know that? Craven, they don't have sphincters. You saved Birds your just poop wherever they so are when they feel it. Um, would 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 this whole entrance have happened as maybe Vol was walking away? Yeah, before you guys happened, before you walked away. So as you were throwing the stick up. And getting ready to leave that clearing, yeah. Is there is there anything I could roll to check whether Vol would be impressed or not by this entrance? Uh, why don't we do uh, a performance against your wisdom saving throw? Okay. So yeah, so go ahead and do a performance check to look cool. Okay. <laughs> I, you know I'm going to burn my inspiration slowly just to look cool, right? <laughs> of course I have would. to. Don't save it for the trials. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm a fucking sorcerer. <laughs> Charisma's the... my thing. You're going to let me do a charisma thing? <laughs> yeah, of course. All right, yeah. Uh, It wouldn't matter. You know, so that'll set the DC. I, uh, my DC is uh, 17. I rolled a twelve on my wisdom save. Yeah, Vol's thinking. Damn to, cool. Yeah, Vol's thinking to himself. He doesn't say anything. No facial change. No body change. But he's thinking, "God damn, that was cool as shit." I rolled a twenty-four. I wasn't impressed. It looks like an idiot. Is Vol like tripped fucking a little Vegeta? Bit. You don't. You noticed it. <laughs> What's that? Is Vol Vegeta like that? Was Mondo cool, Kakarot? But I'm not gonna tell you <laughs> that. Baka. It's it's Goku and Piccolo's perspective on Vegeta. Goku was like, oh my god, that was amazing! And Piccolo was like, what an idiot. <laughs> does, does that make me... Does that make me Gohan? No, that makes... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are Gohan. I, I just... Cool. I mean, if you're Gohan, then, then Vol is simultaneously Goku and Piccolo, maybe. Or Vegeta. Or like a combination of Probably all three. Probably more Piccolo, I think. Yeah. More Piccolo. Because adoptive and probably dodge. a better father figure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. Piccolo cool. abandoned him in the fucking middle of nowhere, but watched over him while Gohan got stronger, whereas Goku just fucked off. He died. And then Chi-Chi was lot. like, oh yeah, it's fine. He got abducted. That's okay. I'm not going to call anybody. As long as you do your studies, Gohan, you know wear what? your glasses and go to school. 
100% would sell off the Traveler if it turns out Goku was my father. All right, I'll see if I can get Sean on the show. Thank you. I talked to him in real life once, and he said he would play D&D &D with me, so uh, I just got to talk to him again somehow and say, you're going to play a Sun Soul monk, and you're going to be the father of one of our characters. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all the gold. You can have all my gold. <laughs> I just kind of... If I actually make that happen someday, A, I will cry. B... That would be amazing. <laughs> if I could have a Jerry Springer show where we can find out if Vol or Goku is in fact my father, I mean, this is this is the D and D podcast I strive for. Then, like, this is perfect. Like, you you, you like you show me it's like Goku, Vol, in a picture. Like, tell me the difference. They're the same. It's the same picture. They're the same. But yeah, uh, Nox is uh, just you know trying to keep up with uh, the pose and posture for a second, and they would start heading over to. Uh, Grappa's after giving like a, a a friendly sway of the hat that they don't in fact have. So uh you just hear make way for Knox, I guess. Knox. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, so all of you there with uh Trod there now. This is great, you're all here. Um so as you know, uh Nox, you're gonna be spending some time with Grappa, so Bring your spell stuff. And, spell stuff. Uh, yeah, like the thing you shoot stuff through and all the little weird things you need to make the things shoot. Um, You're going to be with me, Vol. We're going to be out, out and about. And then, uh, Magdor, you're going to hang out with Father. Oh, that's going to be fun. Oh, it will. Oh, yeah. It will be fun. I remember. Oh, you're talking to me. Yeah. Oh, all right. And then, and then you're gonna see Vol with like, uh, taking borrowing from Nox's thousand yard stairs. I remember when Father trained me last. That was a good time. Yes. Uh. Anyways. Mag Mag what are you right? looking at? <laughs> what is he looking at? Uh, no Nox was getting ready to say something, but then, like, oh, they recognize a thousand yard stair, and, like, they're, they're trying to, like, track it a thousand yards away. Like, is he looking behind that tent? He can't look through the tent like that. Um, Magdor. Nothing. <laughs> uh, uh, are you going to use uh, either of those bars? I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Well, here, could I, could I try something? It might help with your smithing. Okay. I'm going to take out both the bars and just hand them to him. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. I will uh, put a hand on each of the twin, uh, each of the two bars, and I'm just going to go, Traveler, bless these bars with light, and I'm going to twin spell light on both of them. So they just start glowing. Okay. Make sure to burn the sorcery point for that. Yep. Love it. How long does that last? Is that an hour? Uh... That's a very good question. Uh, and it's it's not concentration either, is it? It is not concentration, and it is for when cool. back to one fucking hour. So uh, I'm just completely fucking with Magdor. I'm going to make these suckers glow with light and uh, say that it's the Traveler's Blessing. But then I'll say under my breath, uh, Traveler, if you want to help him up, uh, do what you can. You feel a little tickle on your neck. Ooh. Oh, man. There's a weird gust coming around. I think it worked, Magdor. 
Well, I mean, it's lit up, isn't it? I guess that did work. Uh, so they glow now. I mean, maybe if you clap twice, it'll turn off? I'm not sure. Magdor's gonna try to clap. With a bar in each hand? Just gonna smash them together. <laughs> clank, 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 clank. <laughs> uh, nope, doesn't work. I, oh, I think I can figure out what I want to do with this, though. I've, I've got an idea, and I'm going to put both bars back into my bag. Well, guidance, and I'm just going to poke him with guidance just for funsies and uh, be on my way to the grappas. Right. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so um, you know where to go as uh, both uh, full... He says, uh, your brother says, uh, we should head off. We gotta go northwestish. Do so I, Magdor, make your way to Father's Tent. Do I need any of my things? Or, yeah, all your things. I mean, not to travel, but like anything you use for combat. Volt's gonna. That sort of thing. Go and equip himself and be out in a few minutes with swords uh, and bows and arrows. All right. So, um, Vol, because Vol. it takes more time for you to get to your location of training, we're going to do yours last, just to keep it kind of like narratively in sequence. Sure. Um, as Trod begins to lead you off after a few moments of you equipping, um, he leads you off into the, into the forest and uh, doesn't speak. He stays silent um, and asks you to do the same to contemplate. Um, and he hands you a small rock at the beginning, though. Or a small box. And he says, keep it closed. Um, hold it. And just contemplate. As we as we travel. Understood. Um, cool. And uh, this box looks very, very old. Some sort of wood that has almost gained the hardness of stone due to petrification and time. Uh, and it's got like old giant runic symbols all over it. Um, Ooh, and let's do a throne. And an, and interestingly enough, you know it's a box because of its shape and the the formation of it. You can see the hinge, but you can't see a line where it should open. It's very odd. Um, then we cut to let's start with uh, start with the. Uh, Good old Nox. As you make your way into Greppa's tent. Uh, as you get there, you hear a voice as your hand battle. reaches out towards the flap. And uh, you hear her voice. She says, Have you made a choice yet? I didn't know it was a quiz, Grandma. Yes, uh... <sighs> I got spells and skills I need to learn to unravel, so I must believe in Mother and the Traveler. Wonderful. Come on in. Cool. And uh, they walk on in. Uh, like, they say that very clearly outside the tent, and then go in and goes, Oh, thank God. Sorry, I, I, I gotta say nice things before I walk in here and say, God damn, this is crazy. Inspiration point. That's what she was trying to get you to do. Um, <laughs> she says, good. <laughs> Now that your your patron feels comfortable with your commitment to them, that was a good, it's good show. I seemed very confident. I like. So, what is your actual choice? 
I'll put my back back out and I'll like lift uh, the back of my robe to show the I love mother tramp stamp. Just, uh, you know, the gods to see. Drop and then walk back in and go, hmm. I, I do believe that my position with the Raven Queen is important. It is unfortunate that I would have to be her pawn, but we, we serve each other to an end. Uh, as long as it's useful to each other, then I will continue to do that. Okay. So to be clear, you, you, you want to end your relationship with Mother? No. No. You do? Okay, I, so, sorry, I may have misunderstood. Are you repeating the opposite of what I'm saying? Is Is there a riddle here? I'm not good with riddles. No, honestly, Glenn was reading something, and I missed, like, just a sentence, and I think it was a very important one. <laughs> mom, 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 uh, I'm sorry, Grandma, please put your tablet down. We can look at cooking recipes later. Uh, <laughs> I think I... I am going to work with her. I think that our relationship is important, and... <sighs> If honestly I casted off every single person that gave me shit after working with them, I would probably be very alone right now. Uh, hmm. She's... Gosh, I, I feel like a fool just thinking about it now, but I mean, there was times where I would just be angry. No one would be listening to me. They don't understand. But of all the people, a powerful person like her... She would listen? I, I can't just turn my back on something like that, even if it, she did have ulterior motives. Hmm. Okay. So. You know, I would, I would be interested in finding out what your... I, I understand that she has been there for you, but it seems as though she has been a little more demanding. What, what do you plan to do to tip the scales in your favor so she's not so... She wants to take the traveler. I mean, there's plenty of things this the is... mother wants. Uh, she's requested a lot of things, but... She wants me to find someone as well, a, a tiefling. I, I believe the hmm. tiefling has to do with the uh, item that... Nox is going to try to, like, scratch their brain because Tyler doesn't remember the full details. They know that, I believe it was the tiefling that helped maybe forge the sword that we're looking for or something of those uh, design uh, elemental he weapons. He helped forge all of the items that held pieces of the elemental princes. And this person means shit to Nox. And therefore, there's no value in their life or knowledge, and so they're more focused on trying to figure out who this is. Over oh, so you want to do that in lieu of finding the traveler to see if you can sate her? That's currently the focus, just to keep her yeah. content, uh, because uh, they know they've been using a lot of uh, warlock powers, if you want to call it that, and uh, not giving too much in return. And as a result, uh, Nox is worried that the Raven Queen's gonna become a helicopter mom. And so, uh, mm. they haven't said that outright to her, aka the player has not said that to the DM, but, uh, there's been a couple of threads tossed, uh, Nox's way that he's been starting to pick at. Okay. Alright, and she says, 
So then our training will be different in nature. If your goal is to continue serving the Raven Queen to find memories for yourself and seek out other avenues of s satisfaction for her, better not the travel, I hope. Because as far as I know, he is a neutral entity of good nature. Um, I wouldn't know. I never met the guy. And Nox just kind of looks up at Sky. Very few have. But if you've had any sort of feeling or sign or interaction of any sort with him, then you have more than most have ever had with him. His that, nature is very mysterious. I mean, that is true. Every time I use a spell that seems like it comes from him, I kind of hear a little bit of black-eyed peas. I, I, I've got a feeling every now and then. Hmm. Hmm. Black-eyed peas are good. Yes, they're delicious. I choke so on them, though. I always eat them <laughs> one at a time. <laughs> so our training today will be focused on your ability to control and adapt your warlock skills. Um, unless you would like to focus on the sorceress side of things. Nox gives a quick thought. Uh... The thing is, uh, their warlock skills are, you know, like Eldritch Blast and all that stuff. Uh, they did pretty good on the sniping side and all that stuff. Like, it was controlled, but also frightening the level of accuracy. But uh, on the sorcerer side, like, anytime they get emotional or whatnot, uh, elements begin to unhinge themselves around them. Like, uh, or them. like uh, there was that mm. one session that happened, uh, like, maybe two days ago, maybe yesterday, in fact, where they got upset about the Massacre of the Wolves and their body temperature went so high up it began turning the sto uh, snow into steam. Uh, so when she says that, Nox begins thinking, like, I mean, Mother seems to be giving me all the tools I need on her side, but uh, if, if we're going to be real, uh, as Vol always said, uh, my sorcerer power is... I never really had a proper mentor to put him into check. Sometimes... Well, I, I have known a few, um, and have uh, taken the time to categorize and uh, study them. So I know how it works. You're talking about sense. fucking wizards, aren't you? No, 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 no. Sorcerers. Their magic is inherent, much like a warlock's, but it comes from something that they uh, came from, or something that they are, they are derived from... Um, so it is It is different from wizardry and warlocks very, very, very much. But very. the end result is very much the same. We won't so, talk about that. Verily. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would, I would like to help you, if you are okay, uh, to unlock some more of your potential as a sorcerer. Does that mean I can do something that won't immediately kill something if I use it? I tried using Healing Word once on a fish after I Eldritch Blast it, and it didn't work. I think... I can. I believe you. Uh, Nox okay. gets on uh, all fours. Staff to the floor. <laughs> I put my faith in you, Greppa. And with that, we cut to Magdor stepping into the tent of the Chieftain. Um... You can hear his tools working, uh, the metal on metal on something as Hammer is meeting Anvil with something between it. Um, and as you open the flap, you see a giant, you know, hulking 
man that you've seen previously, but this time in a, just a smith's apron. Um, and he's just hammering away at this armor. Um, and he says, Welcome, Magdor, come. Uh, Magdor's gonna walk in and kind of take stock of the room. Yeah, it is as you remember. Um, but he is hammering down on this kind of like stone style anvil it looks like this this rock probably has a density that of some harder metals so he's able to use it um as a a hammering spot without actually breaking the, the stone um there's a decent amount of tools around but one thing you do notice that you didn't see before is there's like a curtain on the wall that looks like it could be like opened up and Despite the fact that there is a tent there and there's not an extra tent on the outside, it looks like it might lead to something else. Magdor's going to walk up to the chief and say, <clears throat> So is this the cotton armor then? No, this is something I'm working on for myself. Uh, this is just a bracer. Some sort of... Yeah. But, uh, I noticed you slapping s I, some dark iron ore out there. I heard some metal being clanged together. Where did you find dark iron ore? Wait, you could tell the uh, the metal type no, from sound? No, I stuck sound? my head out oh. and saw it. <laughs> I heard the metal and stuck my head out and saw Magdor's it. Magdor's about to learn some new skills there. <laughs> um, oh, oh, that is um, a, a zinc composite. <laughs> 5,000 algorithms. Algor I can't say that word. Yeah. I listen to the Algorithm? frequency, the reverberation. That metal cleans together with a hollow echo. Reverberation? That sings that of the uh, dark dwarves. It must be dark iron. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pull both of them out with them still glowing because it hasn't been an hour. Um, and be like, oh, we found it in the Yeti's cave. Uh, it was an axe, and I... Uh, mm. Turned it into bars. I could... Well, let's talk about that. May, we may yet use this dark iron ore when we forge something new for you. Um, the beauty of this chitinous armor is that it functions as a, a better boundary between your body and the uh, armor than chainmail does. So... What I'd like to learn how to do today, well, teach you how to do today, is how to insert the chitin as a sort of underneath barrier for the plate or chain or whatever you're using, and thus nullifying the, uh, the noisiness of it. Now, if we were to use dark iron metal to coat on top of whatever armor we're making, it will actually grant us some extra properties for the armor if you're willing to do that. What about the light? What about the light? Yeah, the... Nox did something and now this lights up. Oh, that's probably just... A, a simple... Low-level spell that makes it... I'm sure it'll stop glowing soon. Oh, alright, here. It's not warm, is it? Is it? No. No, no, <laughs> it's not warm. Yeah, then you're fine. And I'm going to hand him the dark iron and say, that's fine. I didn't have any other plans for it. Takes him, sets him on the side, and he says, 
But this forge won't be enough. We need to go to my personal space. And he says, just go on through those curtains. Uh, take the dark iron ore with you. Magdor, and I'll be there in just a moment. Magdor has an idea of what's up, and he's kind of starting to get excited. Because this is what <laughs> he wanted to do. And he's going to peek into the curtain. Yeah. See, so did you get the bars, or did you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I grabbed the bars, and then okay, peek cool, in. Okay, cool, cool. I just wanted to make sure. Because he asked you to. I yeah. figured you did, but I wanted to make sure. Because um, otherwise, he'd be like, hey, take these with you. Or he'd just pick them up when he came in. Um, yeah, you see, you put, open it up a little bit, and it just looks like darkness. Uh, but it definitely looks like it goes on as there is kind of a, a vague edge to a space, and then it's darker, almost as if it's just like a very badly lit tunnel. I take one of the bars, and I hold it out to light the way. Oh, because you have light. Uh, yeah, basically what you can see is that uh, the light stops at a certain point it doesn't shine as far as it should um those vague edges kind of are lighted up and it's like a little bit of a mist and that's where the light is blocked but the darkness in the tunnel sort of thing that that light continues for it and so you can see that there's probably some sort of solidarity to the mists um but there is a tunnel Magdor's going to turn around and say, it's a supportable hole. Uh, no. Something Greppa made for me. Just go, go in. Just, uh, just... All right. It's a first part of a trial. Just walk in. Blindly trust me. Magdor's going to walk in. Yep. You step in uh, with the lights, I assume, kind of still in your hands, yeah. right? Yeah, so you walk forward, and that, those mists kind of swirl around you. It feels cool little bits of cool like gusts of air kind of like move around your body in different uh, ways and eventually you find yourself as you uh, you get like the light progressively becomes or the darkness progressively becomes gray and then it becomes you know a lighter and it becomes shades and shades lighter until you find yourself exiting or like coming to like into a cave that looks to be on top of a mountain because you can see a small amount of tunnel and then you can see just just sheets of snow and gales of howling wind outside. And you hear a, an echo of a voice behind you and he says, Keep going! Follow the path! Magdor's gonna look behind him and see what he sees. It just looks like a tunnel that goes into the mountain, whatever mountain you're on. He's going to continue walking. He's going to follow the path. And, uh... All right, as you, can, as you continue walking... You step outside, though, right? You step outside the cave? Yeah, I, I kind of bunch okay. up my cloak a little bit and step outside. <laughs> oh, yeah, you I step outside and question. you can see... Oh, for sure. Our tattoos that give us resistance mm -hmm. to cold damage, does that also help mm -hmm. us with the cold? Technically, it gives you... Uh, yes. Yes. Am I just, I just, All of am you I technically do not need cold weather protection. You are effectively like Vol in that you don't need cold weather protection anymore. You can be completely naked and be fine outside of a magically created storm. Okay. Len, did you do something with your beard? Because it is glowing. Wow, you look amazing. It's my new light. 
Oh, <laughs> honestly, I, I just think you look. Um, just, mm. Honestly, if Van Gogh was alive right now, he'd cut off his ear just to have a chance to draw someone as amazing as you. <laughs> yeah, so you're too kind. So Magnar goes to bunch up his coat and realize it doesn't really make him warmer. No, it just no, it's cozier. Yeah, so you can still do that if it, it makes you feel better. But when you step outside, you can see that there is a small winding path that's just barely visible through the heavy sheets of snow um, along it that kind of like switches up and back, and it looks like it continues further up the mountain. Um, and then we will cut to Vol as you uh, begin your trek up the mountain. Um, Vol, you're trekking through the snow and trod uh, after about 15 minutes of silence, he says. <sighs> so. What do you want out of this? Um, the original intent, I suppose, uh, right now is to be able to help the village. Stop the dragon. Hmm. It was just nice to be... nothing to do with gaining power or personal prowess or spirit of competition. None of that. Well, I mean, that's always going to be a factor in anything that we do as Goliaths, isn't it? But specifically the fact that this was offered to me as a chance to be able to do my part, despite the fact that it's been years, is... Probably why. Otherwise, I, you know, um, could have continued my training without pick, uh, like learning how to be a rune knight. Uh, whether that mm. would have made me stronger or more effective is unknown. Good. Because as much as uh, Father would like to pretend like all Goliaths are worthy to be worthy to be rune knights, there are very few. Um, honestly, have you ever seen Father use rune magic? If I have, it's been a long time and I can't remember it clearly. That's because he failed to become a rune knight. His ego was too big. Uh, it's interesting because any time I hear- training, He did the same trial that you're about to do and he failed. He, despite his, his strength and his prowess. So this is more about spirit than it is about actual- I don't know how to call it machismo competition that that sort of thing is counterintuitive to becoming a rune knight because the power that is held within the study of this ancient art comes actually from the giants our cousins well i mean and, if we're um, talking about spirit how many uh, how many valnagonis have been exiled close to death and then still managed to come back decades later which is why I knew you had the spirit in you for this. I hoped that the village would, uh, you know, forgive you for your exile. I, I never faulted you for it. I just, I was too young to do anything about it. But as soon as I was old enough, I used my position within their culture to make sure that you were welcomed back, at least as much as I could do. But your actions are the things that made them accept you back and help them change their minds about certain things. So, are you ready to become the second rune knight among the Val Nugoni tribe in the last 200 years? The second and the best. That's the spirit I like. 
And as he says that, you arrive at some sort of like stone monoliths uh, that are built up out of the... There was a decent little snowfall last night, a couple inches, maybe two or three inches. Um, and they are, uh, uh, for the most part, covered, aside from the, you know, the sheer, you know, vertical sides. And you see your brother uh, draw out his giant longsword and activate a rune that you see on the hilt of it um, as he says a few words in giant, but they seem to be like an ancient giant and heat begins emanating off of his sword as he like moves it over them and the snow melts off as you begin to see all of these different runes and they are kind of like a la Stonehenge sort of thing. They're circular in nature and he melts the snow out of the center and now we're going to cut back to Nox inside of Greppa's hut and she says so you want to be able to heal how did you know did I write it in my you diary said you last tried night you tried to heal somebody uh, when I talked about your sorcery the first thing you mentioned was your healing I mean Bull said that fish was done for I mean it's understandable I shouldn't have tried healing a fish that was in 16 pieces after it blew up from the force damage, but honestly, it had a chance, you know? But... It's true. Now, I, I... That is a different sort of thing. That is resurrection. That is revivification. That is not healing, per se. Wait. So, it may have been beyond your grasp no matter what. There's, there's a difference? Yes. If something has lost life, then it cannot be regained so easily. But, they but if it is simply less life, then you can refill that glass much easier than a broken glass. If... If I learned how to bring somebody back, could I... Like, Nox is, like, thinking about it like, uh, hardcore. Could I bring... What I'm saying, I don't think you can. I don't think. I don't know. But it is odd, very, very odd, for one to see a sorcerer who enjoys healing, because more often than not, sorcerers are better at destructive sort of magics. I mean, yeah. And therein... I'm good at blasting, The ones that but... heal. Oh, it'd be nice to blast a chromatic orb of healing every now and then, I guess. Hmm. Honestly, I don't... I don't know how it would work for you. Me neither. I think if you want to be able to save a life, then you will just simply have to grow in your abilities. But I can help your ability to heal more effectively. Does this sound agreeable? Ox has the quill out. <laughs> Wonderful. And she, uh, she pulls... Um, she, she likes, she, you can see her cast what you would recognize as a levitate spell. And she, Ooh, I know that one levitates this, um, like a table with something on it underneath a sheet. And she moves it in front of you and lets it sit lightly on the ground. She pulls the sheet off with her hand and there in front of you, you can see a glass covering over these two things on the wooden table and underneath it are two what you would recognize as plants. They're just plants. Uh, both of them 
not dead, but definitely not healthy. The leaves are browning and wilting a bit. She says, I have, I have deprived these plants of sunlight for just one day. See what it does to these plants? Yes. Uh, I... If Vol never lets can. me smoke, okay? I, I, I know where this is probably going. Oh, no, 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 no. Not that kind of herb. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't worry, my boy. I don't need that anymore to enjoy myself. So I've, I've grown past that. Ooh, woo. And she lifts up the, the glass and sets it down on the ground, uh, covering them. And you can immediately, you know, you know, smell these. And they do smell like mint. They're probably mint plants. Okay. Um, and she says, so what I want you to do is this. And she puts her hand out and closes her eyes and puts it in front of the one, one of the ones, the one on her right, the one on your left, as she is on the opposite side of the table. And she chants a few words uh, that sound like they're actually in celestial, interestingly enough. Um, and a little bit of green light begins to emanate from her hand and then seep towards it like little invisible blood veins, kind of like, or little invisible vines, like little green light vines that reach out towards the plant and start to make it glow as well, and the leaves begin to replenish and open back up. And eventually, within about 15 seconds of this, the plant is fully green again, looks healthier and it looks like it may have actually grown a little bit she says this is the first step shit grandma that's awesome can i do that i hope so i think you have the propensity for it this will be the first step in figuring out if you can because obviously healing a, a living being that is not simply a plant is much more intricate but this is the first step in understanding if you can mm. so i'm going to have you mechanically when you attempt to do this mm -hmm. uh make a it's gonna be yeah it's just gonna be an arcana check uh you're gonna be effectively the same as your hit with a spell hopefully nope cause uh arcana do is your, intelligence do your, do your to hit with a spell then uh okay Glenn just to give you a bunch of numbers that way you can decide which one's you know, best fitting uh uh, hit with the spell, you know, the spell attack bonus. If I use the staff, it's going to be a plus nine. If I'm going to do this purely with my hands, it's going to be a plus seven. That's what you want to use. Yeah, it's oh. charisma plus proficiency. Yep. Okay. Thank you. No, or, uh, let me know that. I forgot that your staff gave bonuses to that. I just point the staff of power. Hell! <laughs> uh, <laughs> just like the fish. <laughs> does he get a disadvantage for the noise in the background? Oh, no. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the baby's asleep right now. Oh, all right. Wow. God is real. <laughs> that sucker can sleep. Uh, yeah, uh, Nox kind of just goes, ah, oh, it's hot in here. Man, it was chilly. Like, you had the AC on all the time. And they're just going to shed the, the wooly uh, Yeti cloak off a little bit. And they're going to put the staff down. And uh, they're going to just get into a pose that's almost oddly reminiscent because it feels like uh, this was the pose that the mage had on Nox that day when it was preparing the uh, the witch bolt. And so when Nox starts to put his hands down around the plant, it almost he starts, or they start to get worried because it feels like they're getting ready to murder this plant using some, you know, powerful spell. But they 
they start to push those thoughts away as they try to focus on calling in the traveler's light. A, a, a just a, a fragment of the sun that these plants are missing. Something that we can supply. And Nox just goes... Yeah! Do yeah? the roll with advantage! Yeah! Oh. Okay. Uh, and thus, it is verified that if you describe how you're doing it and it makes a lot of sense, I'll just give you advantage. Oh. <laughs> I, I, you know me. I just like to describe everything. Uh, for oh, yeah. No, but you're literally bringing the divine energy from your divine soul sorcery to try and provide light for this tree or this little plant. That's fucking cool. I mean, you got to understand, being divine soul sorcerer, I'm used to shooting stuff that just blows stuff up, but obviously I still got that part where, you know, I'm supposed to heal, so that part's often untapped on uh, my side here, so I'm trying to, you know, call the power I knew I always had. And so I'm going to just click a spell that is going to add seven to it. That way I don't have to roll sure. for the advantage thing. Uh, with advantage, I have a 21. Holy shit. Well done. Yeah, you did better than Greppa. Uh, your plant, uh, you you feel that kind of warm divine energy releasing from your hand, and within a few seconds, you hear, because you've got your eyes closed, focusing on that energy and the plant and yourself trying to kind of channel that, and within a few seconds, Greppa says, whoa, whoa, easy, easy, you might burn the poor thing, and you look down, and within a few seconds, you've completely revitalized this plant. And she says, it looks like you may be far more advanced than I thought. Lower, clean well, that low. accelerates things a bit. Let your and, power uh, shine. And as she begins, she goes back to like some, some jars reverse. and things. Bring back what was once mine. Sorry, make it a tangled I reference. Know. I, I, don't, I, I don't I was like, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, she, you, have you seen that movie? <laughs> A long time ago, and it was it was nondescript and not that interesting to me. Where uh, I like Rapunzel the horse. uses her hair to heal things. She'll sing that song. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. Right, I'm, I'm derailing. You. Back to you. <laughs> Back to you in the studio. This is Stormbrook, and that's the way it works. Anyway, I don't have to do that. I have a mustache. So great. Yeah. So uh, as she begins to kind of like, you know, siphon through some of her things. She says, just one moment, and we're going to cut back to Magdor as you are trekking up this mountain and you find your way eventually to the top. And uh, there is a, like a, a, a sturdily built metallic looking hut up there. And interestingly enough, from within you hear. As if somebody inside is banging on an anvil with a hammer. Uh, Magdor is a little upset at this point. Um, mumbling and climbing the mountain. <laughs> I'm a fucking hill dwarf, not a fucking mountain dwarf. I shouldn't be climbing a fucking mountain. I wish I had a dire wolf to take me up here. And he's gonna get to the top and <laughs> just kind of stop and stare at it. And, uh, he doesn't really want to go in yet. He's kind of in awe. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> okay yeah i mean what do you uh how long are you gonna wait out there uh not for very my feet are wet okay um feet are wet so he's gonna stand out there the 
the whole building is metal. He's gonna go up and rap on the door with his metal hand. How do you rap? Oh. Uh. Yeah. Uh. You, <laughs> you know, rap on it? No, in, I get in, it. In succession. It, rapping on the door is knocking. Yeah, I got you. Uh, you hear. And it reverberates. Um. And uh, you hear the, the clinking stop, and from inside you hear heavy footsteps walk up as uh, they open the door, this larger door that you can see now, and there's a smoke coming pouring out of a chimney on the top, a metallic chimney that's angled slightly to the side, and uh, you see inside, curiously enough, it's Goruk. And he says, took you long enough. Magmar Come on, is speechless. How, how did you get get in? You're letting the snow in. Come on. Uh, Magdor's gonna walk in. <laughs> Close the door behind you. And he says, "Yeah, you know, I there, there's a teleportation circle in my tent. Grappa put it there so I can get here faster. This is much more." Interesting way for you to find out where this is. So, magical corridor or teleportation circle. I don't really like the snow that much. Neither I'm in do it way I. You made often, me walk so. that entire way up that mountain and I could have just teleported it's over here. part of the trial, young dwarf. You're lucky you could beat me arm wrestling. Maybe. You're quite strong. So, if I remember correctly, um, you didn't want a belt of giant strength. You just wanted some new armor. Uh, that's a tough one. Uh, yeah, I'll take the armor. As a part of the trial, should you be successful, then, you know, you'll be able to do this just as well as me, and you'll get the armor as well. Um, so if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, you are, you know how to use Smith's tools. Uh? Traditional Smith's tools. I'm the second best blacksmith. To who? The gold ores. The gold ores? We never said dwarves had very clever names. Uh, well, I would say you're second to me, but you're probably much better than these gold dwarves. Don't worry about them. With this trick, you will blow them out of the water, because they may make beautiful armor, but if you can hear someone coming, what's the effective the effectiveness of any armor is negated by tenfold. So, if you can make armor that's just as strong and 100% as quiet, that's advantage. Both mechanically and in-game. Ha <laughs> ha! Uh, so, <laughs> he says, uh, so what I want to do is teach you how to, uh, do this, and he kind of, like, pulls you by your shoulder towards a large forge set up inside this thing. He's got, um, it looks like he has a, a forge set up, but like in where the coals should be, where he would stoke them. Instead, there is just a single rune that is placed in the center of where the coals would be settled. There is another where the little fan thing that you press down to stoke that flame. There is a, a another rune. Um, and, uh, and he says, so we're going to um, smelt that dark iron that you brought 
can you take off your armor? We're just going to modify it. Alright, I take off the Yeti cloak, and I take off Algier's cloak, and then I spend 30 minutes doffing my armor. He, ta- he helps you, cutting it down to 15. <laughs> um, and um, brings it up, and each piece set it on, like, a large table, and he begins to show you how to do this, and with one of the bracers, he pulls it off to the side um, and gets this chitinous material and starts to work it, like, measure it and work it onto the inside as sort of a lining. Um, and he says, because of this, you don't have to wear chain shirts underneath or anything. The, the chitin itself acts as a protective barrier and also a silencing mechanism for moving as quietly as possible. So... Um, and he shows it to you, and he says, now you replicate that with this bracer. And he gives you the tools and everything. So go ahead and make a check with Smith's tools. Um, and I believe you at very least get to add your proficiency to that. What It's going to be... Uh, what do you think? Wh- wisdom Strength. or intelligence? Oh. Uh, wisdom. Wisdom? Okay. Yeah, wisdom plus proficiency. Unless with Smith's tools you have uh, double, I don't know. Uh, Sometimes they'll be expertise. Okay. Uh, so I got a thirteen. Wonderful. That's uh, that's just what you needed. Honestly, I just rolled to see what the DC was, and it's exactly a thirteen. Um, and he says, "Looks good. Looks good." Uh, and he says, "Put it on." And you for immediately realize, a, it's quiet. And B, it takes half the... T- it's probably going to take about half the time to don and doff because of the fact that you don't have to put a giant, heavy chain shirt underneath. The clasps are easier to access because you have more mobility. Um, you could do it all yourself in half the time, probably, if you get a full set of this. I put it on my real arm and yeah. uh, kind of flex a little bit. Feels- yeah, it doesn't make any sound when you move it because of the fact that that protective barrier seems to almost, with the heat of your body, expand a little bit to fill that space so it's completely snug, but not tight. I'm going to take my hammer and hit it while it's on my hand. Whack it? Yeah, nothing. And he says, great. Uh, the next thing we want to do is uh, put this the, the dark iron ore... Uh, as you know, the uh, the Duragar were responsible for first smithing it. Uh, your, you know, underground cousins. And they... The beauty of this metal is that it is uh, able to kind of be infused a little more easily with magic. Now, we here in Giants uh, very much value the elements... And therefore, I have the ability to infuse things with elemental energy. Now, when I do that with one of anything that's dark iron, if it is a defensive thing like armor, then it will gain a resistance. But that is your choice. Also understanding that yeah, the, the, the magic of your tattoo cannot be doubled. So even if you make this armor resistant to cold damage, it won't make you any stronger. They'll, they will both act as barriers that have to be deactivated, but it won't make damage less. So, so fire, lightning, thunder. Uh, let, let me ask this then, player to DM. Mm-hmm. Forge clerics at level 18 become immune to fire. Mm-hmm. 
I currently am resistant to fire. If I got this as yes. fire, would I get early immunity and then just forego my level 18? Okay. Nope. No resistances will stack unless stacking resistances due to a class feature or something allows it to Double become immunity. Resistance. What does that uh, mean? Yeah, so you can, like, but, like, so, like, if you succeed on a dexterity saving throw against something that is fire damage, like a fireball, and then, so you would take half damage from the success and then half damage from resistance, but two resistances will never make immunity unless specified. So fight, you're right now just inherently resistant to fire and cold already. <laughs> but there's still poison. Oh my gosh. Uh, poison, lightning, and I thunder, have I think. resistance to poison too. Um, lightning and thunder? <laughs> <laughs> but my God. what about acid? Yes, that is another one of them. Force What's damage. the difference between lightning and thunder? One's the uh, electricity and the other one's One the sound. Yeah. You want to be electrocuted or do you want your ears to fucking bleed? Yeah. Um. I would... Hmm, that's a hard choice. I would probably get a resistance to thunder. Thunder? Because okay. I would think about the noise in the forge. Ta -na 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 -na. Oh, yeah. Transferring that <laughs> into a. Okay. I dig it. Yeah. All right. So let's, um, what we're going to do is it's, I'm going to come back to you for the resolution of this, but basically he sets you forward understanding how to insert the chitin. Um, the only thing as a combination of this, you are inserting the chitin and, um, he's assisting you in infusing the dark iron, uh, onto the outside. So basically you're smelting it down, putting it on as an outer layer, sort of an extra layer of metal on the armor. And uh, then he is helping you to learn how to enchant it. So effectively, if you're successful in this, you will know how to use Dark Iron to infuse armor with resistance. As long as you have Smith's tools and Dark Iron. And then you will also, uh, but he does make it known that you can only put one resistance per armor. Armor cannot be uh, infused with the same sort of magic twice, this specific magic. Um... And then you will also understand how to make any armor negated disadvantage if you have this specific type of chitin. So go ahead and make five of those checks that we did earlier and record them and we'll come back to you, okay? All right. I'm going to use inspiration All on right. one of them. Okay. All right. So we're cutting back to Nox. And after she, uh, you know siphons through a bunch of stuff in bags and bottles and jars. She pulls them. Eventually oh, she shit, pulls you up heal. a... Might as well heal all my plants. <laughs> <laughs> no, she pulls up a couple uh, containers. And inside are some sickly looking mice. Uh, and she says, these poor things uh, have been affected by a bit of a, a sickness that I did not want to get to my other animals. Um, now, I did not want to release them for fear of infecting the, the wildlife as well. But perhaps your magic is very powerful. 
Maybe you can help them. Uh, Nox will alt use their changeling ability to produce long flowing gold hair. Okay. And uh, they're gonna try to take the the mice and the hair, and uh, they're gonna. I do you want me to attempt to do the same thing with uh, like just channeling mm -hmm. guilt? Okay, then you just hear. Yep. Heal what has been hurt. Change the face design. Save what has been lost. Bring back was once was mine. And uh, they're just gonna be calling on the traveler's uh, light at this point. Just uh, full. Uh, Shebang. Uh, I do not have any more inspirations left. Actually, no, you gave me two. One for, uh, no, you gave me advantage last time. Uh, you said no, nothing this time, so I'm assuming that I can't call the same. I give you inspiration for doing the, uh, doing the intro. True, which I burnt out the performance to show off with Crosive, or Craven. Oh, yeah, you did. Nope, it's okay. <laughs> it's worth it. Let's see what I got. Survey says, rolled the natural 19 for a total of a 26. Uh, Holy shit. Walt okay. Disney gave me advantage. <laughs> Great. Walt Disney's doing work for you. Uh, yeah. You are able to channel a magic that... What does your spell list include as far as cleric spells from Divine Soul? Oh, boy. Let's read off my character sheet. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to read off all the cleric spells Nox has. The first one is going to be cantrips. Light. Don't worry about cantrips. Well, don't worry. That was it. Uh, and guidance. Uh... <laughs> Let's see, I have Bless, Healing Word, and then Spiritual Weapon. That's it. Okay. I 100%, awesome. the moment I hit level six, I was going to pull out something else and uh, get, like, uh, I was going to get some more healing. So, uh... yeah. So, basically, she, she looks at you and she says, I think... You have unlocked something within yourself. I know this, this hair is, is amazing. This is not something you should be able to do. These creatures should be beyond your magic, but somehow you are able to heal them. As the mice look revitalized and healthy, they no longer... They looked like they had, like, like stuff coming out of their eyes and, like, open wounds and pus oh, coming man. out of them, but they are completely gonna, fine now. I need moving a lot around. of conditioner like, for this. That's oh, getting in the hair. Uh, so, uh, she looks at you and says, um, I don't think I have anything left to do. You've unlocked this in yourself. I believe what I would like you to do is to go sit in your tent and contemplate the feelings of the magic that you use to help the plant and these mice. And with, uh, some meditation, I believe you will have grown in ways that I didn't think you were capable of. But you will be able to help more people. Grandpa, Grandpa, you said that I can't contact or the the gods and goddesses are protected from looking into this tent. I... Mm -hmm. I wonder then, my healing abilities... Were there not powers channeled through me through the gods, or is this something that came in from me? Yes. Okay. Uh, they cannot see here, but that does not negate your connection to them. True. Uh, 
Question, Glenn. How long can I have my hair right now? Uh, I mean, that's just an aesthetic thing that changelings can do, so as long as you want. Okay. It doesn't give you any mechanical benefits, but you have long, flowing golden locks right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, Nox is... Uh, are you... Nox is looking at the mice. Uh, is uh, Greffa taking the mice back? No, she wants you to take them with you and ah. contemplate the energy that you use to infuse them and heal them. Okay. As well as the plant. Okay. Uh, yeah, Nox picks up the plant and the mice. Uh, they'll put the mice in the plant just to hold both of them. And uh, as they walk out, they're oh, going to... The mice are in a... I'm sorry. The mice are in a small cage and the plant is in a pot. Okay. Uh, Nox will take both and go, Craven, come on, let's... Oh boy, I got a lot to unpack. And as they walk, uh, they're going to continue to grow hair. Uh, they have about 20 feet of you long... You cannot grow hair long enough to function as a rope. That is the only limitation that I'm going to use it on it. Can we say that if we use it for any use beyond pure aesthetic, it immediately breaks? Yes. Okay. May I have 20 feet of hair that immediately yes. breaks? <laughs> if you try to use it to, like, climb or, you know, wrap something up, yes. Okay. It will break. I 100% I respect that. Uh, <laughs> Nox, uh, turning from their merry form into a partial Rapunzel form, uh, is now going to uh, head back to the tent uh making sure to avoid any like loose uh, nettles or anything like that because that could catch in the hair and you know immediately break it and they are going to uh, head into the tent uh, they're gonna wrap their hair around them for a second and uh, begin continuing the channeling and uh, they'll repeat the uh, the healing song lyrics uh, in a sing song voice uh, Nox is singing when they cast these spells, it's almost like a, a soft uh, hum. But oh, okay. sure. <laughs> you know, I'll take I'll take the fucking Shrek song because you could have said one other series of four notes. Nick knows that it would trigger me immediately from Frozen Two. Uh, I've never seen Frozen Two. You know, you're the best, Glenn. You get inspiration. Go ahead and use it against me. I don't care. <laughs> I will! I know. But you've already completed your trial. Oh, no. So I can't, so I have to use it against somebody else. Sweet, thanks. Uh, <laughs> so you make your way back to... Where did you want to do this contemplation before we move on from yours? You talking about for me? Where did you want to sit and contemplate with your long golden locks? Uh, exactly as... Well, away from the fire, they're going to be sitting cross-legged on the ground in front of the fire, like, facing towards it. But they're going to mm -hmm. just... <laughs> Back in your own tent, yes? Yes, as you uh, suggested, okay. as Greppa suggested. Uh, also, I want to say that I kissed Greppa on the cheek. Oh, she loves it. Thank you. She calls you a, su a sweet thing when you do so. Oh, sorry. Great. I yeah, so you make your way back, facing the fire with uh, the plant and the mouse, contemplating the feeling of this healing that you were able to to provide for these creatures and these these entities as plants and animals are very different energies um and we're gonna go back to vol <laughs> mr vol actually Hi. let's get let's get let's get uh magdor's stuff here real quick and Bye. we'll finish with vol damn we'll finish with vol after Vol's we do magdor twice now 
I know. It's because his thing... I, I want to finish with his because his, this is, you know, his village. He's learning how it's to be a root knight. my story, fools. You guys it's are the riffraff. You go first. The group You're best for last. Dang. All right. So my All rolls... Right, yeah, let's hear what I those decided, rolls were. I, I didn't say it out loud, but I decided my third one would be the inspiration. Cool. So I got a 22. Okay. A 10. All right. A 13. Okay. An eight. Okay. And a ten. Wonderful. You did great. One of them was real bad. Yeah. And failed. But the other four, you would great on. Um, So after spending, like, several hours working on this, you see in front of you, after all is said and done, a completed suit. Uh, what type of armor were you wearing? Was it plate? Uh, beforehand, yeah, it was... Let me double check. Oh, no, no, it was chainmail. Because chain the plate mail? had the yeah, so, disadvantage. Yes. Unless you wanted to have brought your plate and done that to the plate. Hmm. Because that was an option that I didn't necessarily provide. Uh, he would have told you to bring what you wanted to enchant and or alter. Not necessarily what you were wearing, just... Because uh, plate armor is better. If you wanted to do that, it's totally fine. I don't know if I have plate armor. I think I oh, turned you don't it know into you chain have plate mail. Armor. With, uh, oh, you a can't turn plate armor back, into chain mail. Uh, with channel divinity. Oh, you transmogrified the metal yeah, and then I think reused I did that a while it. Ago. Got it. So it'd be chain okay. mail. So chain mail's still chain. heavy, though, yeah. so... Yeah, so it is heavy, usually provides disadvantage, uh, but you were able to soften that now, and you in front of you, what type of element did you, you choose? Thunder? Thunder, yeah. Thunder, okay, so there uh, is a light shimmer, uh, <laughs> a light shimmer of uh, energy around all the links with, uh, with the new undercoating of this chitin that fits as a barrier, um, and... You have a suit of armor of resistance, chainmail that is resistant to thunder and does not provide uh, disadvantage on stealth. Um, on top of that, you may use your channel divinity for two new things. Should you have the materials, which have to be found, unlike normally. Normally you have, I mean, I guess with channel divinity, you have to provide the materials always or transmogrify them, but for these, you have to have them. So you have to have dark iron if you want to enchant it with elemental resistance. You have to have this specific type of chitin, um, uh, which, through this training, uh, he told you, uh, Gora told you that there is a type of scorpion that lives in a desert to the west or east of here. Um, a giant scorpion that if you kill it um, and properly separate the chitinous body from it, you can use it as that crafting component. But you can use your channel divinity to do those things, but only one of those things. They're just new options for your channel divinity or altering armor. Okay. If you want to, you can also infuse this elemental energy by craft, like coating the uh, dark iron onto a weapon and allowing the weapon to become magical and add a D4 of that type of damage to it. But I have to have dark iron. Yes, you have to have dark iron, and you used all of it for this. So right now you're out, but these are all new options for your channel divinity, and you have a sexy new set of armor. 
Um, you basically throw him to Thor, you realize. He's got a throwing hammer, thunder-resistant armor. Yeah. A very and short says, Thor, um, but, you know. <laughs> so you've taken to this quite well. Um, I figure we can just do this together. And he pulls you onto the, uh, the teleportation circle and activates it, along with, you know, grabbing the armor, unless you had already put it on, teleporting you back to the tent. Um, um, and he says, I'll never tell you where my workshop is, but now you know how to do this stuff. Magdor dips off his armor, or Donna's armor. Um, and as the teleporter goes through, Magdor just goes, ah! For no real reason. Make a con saving throw. You, you've never been teleported before. 14. No, no, they have been. Remember, from Luskin to oh, Neverwinter. Yeah. Yeah, but that's two times teleporting. It's like the second time flying, you still might, or being on a boat, you might still feel that's a little true. woozy. Yeah. Uh, you throw up in your mouth a little bit, but you, like, you feel it come up, but you're able to stop it. It doesn't make it to your mouth, uh, but it does kind of throw you for a, a, a spin, for lack of a better term. And he says, uh, go ahead and head back to uh, the tent and wait for your companions there. This is just... Each one of you is going to go through something, and then you'll go through something together. I'm going to thank him, and... You will be a better blacksmith than I could ever be. Your talent ceiling is very high, Magdor. Keep trying, keep practicing. Stay alive. I'll try. I I can heal myself, but I still go down. Hopefully this will help some... Uh, and he points at your tattoo and says Morden smiles on you thank you uh, Magdor's kind of a lost word so he's just going to say thank you and back out walk backwards out <laughs> of the tent um, aesthetically what color is the armor uh, bleh. yeah I was going to I, I, was I gonna imagine ask, like, the enchanting visually what like, does the armor look like the, sh- the hue Um. so maybe like Instead of just being like a darker gray sort of cobalt uh, color, Rome. not cobalt, uh, like it could be. Yeah, I think the dark iron would actually make it kind of a matte, so it would be a little less shiny. Nice, uh, like a charcoal. A there's, charcoal. there's like a hue to it that's a, like a light blue almost that just kind of like flows around it in an odd sort of energetic movement. And then I don't know. Texture wise, is it like? chitin is it got like bumps and it's a rough texture or oh the chitin is uh is uh, is underneath the metal it okay. acts as a barrier between the skin and that's what keeps it from moving around and uh, okay. being okay. as loud <laughs> and anywhere there's a joint uh parts of the that the uh i guess what is it the uh the cartilage mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. whatever large scorpion is used as a kind of uh you know connector quiet barrier between them yeah connector yeah that's it's it's bendable and movable and quiet so nice i'm gonna head back to the main tent sweet and inside you see uh nox uh, sitting there quietly looking and, and in front of him them are a cage with three small mice in it and a plant in a pot let's go to vol uh, uh, Vol, as he once he finishes clearing out this space, um, you see that, um, 
like I said, there's all these old runes and the ground itself is actually like looks like it it was a it's a large stone in the ground that had been hewn out to be kind of like it's got lines that run to a center circle. Um and he stands on the opposite side of it, stretches and says, Now this is where I kick your ass, so um the best way to teach somebody how to be a rune knight is to fight them. And then uh, we'll play with the magic of the thing, you know. Honestly, uh, I think you and I are the same in that we understand the nature of magic because we understand magic in nature. Uh, and rune magic is the, I would say aside from some sorcerers, probably the rawest form of magic. Uh, so let's just start. Okay. And, uh... Ready your weapon. Um, really quick, before before we proceed mm -hmm. here, did I get my, uh, rebuffed, uh, plus one short sword from my father? Yes. Okay, thank God. <laughs> okay, uh, then... Um, and as he pulls his weapon out, the, the rune on the handle of his greatsword, yep. which you can see, uh was red and was being used he, the opposite side of it however is glowing blue and he himself has lightning begin to crackle from his eyes and his body begins to you know like static electricity begins to crackle around him kind of like a la dbz when they start to power up and he just like cracks his neck and just gets in a stance and says ready um yeah vol pulls out um short sword um and his other short sword, not the scimitar, so two short swords in his hand. He's crouched down, ready to strike. And uh, before he goes, I will ask as a player, is this going to be, like, putting aside the non-lethal stuff, I would hope, but is this going to be full on, like, should I try here? Am I trying? Try. Okay. Try to kill me. Okay. Um, kill me. Yes. Kill the dungeon master. Do it. Um, <laughs> kill him. Uh, I rolled great. a 22 for initiative. Awesome! I rolled a 23. I got less. So you are first. Okay. I'm How far away is he from me? <laughs> uh, say 30 feet. It's not a It's not a big okay. uh, circle. Alright. Um, I'm going to use my bonus action to cast Hunter's Mark. Okay. And I'm gonna charge right in and start swinging. Uh, so two attacks coming in right here. Okay. I'm just waiting for them to load. Uh, the first attack will have disadvantage as you feel a jolt of energy through your body as you make your first swing. That's fine. Um, does a nine hit? Nope. Um, and a critical failure with an eight? Nope. Um, okay, that's it. Um, you can tell that he did that. Like, there there was something that, within his ability to control these runes, um, and as his turn comes up, you see him grow to the size of probably a frost giant, if not a little smaller, um, and he swings down at you uh, with his sword, and... Um, And he swings at you. Get a new okay, character nice. sheet. With... Uh... Yeah. Uh -huh. 
Alright. What is your armor class, mon frere? Uh, 29. What? Yeah. You didn't know? I I thought I texted you at 16. <laughs> I missed you with a 27? Uh, 27 to hit. Um, and I need you to make a, uh... Yeah, I need you to make a... Debt saving throw? Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> Wait. Strength, sa strength saving throw. Uh, I Shit. know what this is. Um, yeah, you do. Um, I'm, I'm probably uh, not gonna make that to twelve. Uh, and he's using a great sword, and he's extra big. A twelve? Yes. All right. Maybe so I you are going to take uh seventeen. Uh, magical slashing damage, and you're also going to take uh, at the start of your turn, you're as fiery shackles shoot up out of the ground and grab you and restrain you to the ground, so you're restrained which means you're uh, I believe restrained your speed becomes zero attack rolls against you have advantage your attack rolls have disadvantage, and you have disadvantage on dexterity saving throws. Oh. Um, and now he's going to swing again with advantage one more time. Um, uh, that is a 25 to hit. That will hit. Oh, what were you going to say? I apologize. Um, I can't remember. Does, when do I take the damage from the shackles? The shackles? Uh, at the start of your okay. turn. Uh, that is more... Um, 22 magical slashing damage. Okay. Um, and now it's your turn. And you take, on the start of your turn, you take four fire damage. Okay. Um, give me one minute. Oh, yeah. I uh, My hunter's mark ends. I just rolled a uh, con saving throw, rolled an eight. Oof. Okay. Um, I get to make another strength saving throw, as far as I remember, to try and break this. It will take your action, I believe. Let me make sure. While restrained, target can repeat. Oh, repeat the saving throw at the end of its turns. Cool. So, yeah, you can't do it until the end of your turn. Okay. Um, <laughs> can't move. And your attacks have disadvantage. And my attacks have disadvantage. That's tight. Um... <laughs> Man, this Rune Knight thing sounds OP. It's pretty strong. Um, yeah, I mean, fuck it, you know? Uh, I'm gonna cast... Yeah, fuck um, it. Uh, Glenn, let me ask you before I start swinging again here. Does the, um, the inspiration point you gave me for getting Tyler's, uh, D20, foam D20 knocked off his head still count? Yeah. Tight. Okay. Cool. Um... So I'm going to use my two inspiration points here. I'm going to use Hunter's Mark again as a bonus action and swing twice to normalize my uh, attack rolls with my short sword. Okay. Uh, he is once again going to shock your body with electric energy, negating uh, your advantage on the first attack. Okay. Um, does a 22 hit? Yeah, that hits. Okay. Is he dead? Um... 
Does a, <laughs> another critical fucking failure hit? Wait, you rolled two ones? Uh, this is my second one that I've rolled. Oh. Yeah. Great. Uh, yeah, you missed with the second attack. Okay. Um, that means I can only do this uh, for 12 damage. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, you hit him once uh, uh, with your short sword piercing into his side and he just kind of smiles at you and lightning crackles through your blade a little bit. Not enough to damage you or, you know, make you let go, but you can tell that your brother's really enjoying this. Um, I'm and now gonna... you can repeat the saving throw to get out of the shackles. That's at the end of my turn. I'm going to burn my action search. So I'm... So I'm going to swing again twice. Um... Uh-oh. Okay. I can take one additional action. Uh, I'm assuming that yeah. gives my whole action. Yeah, no, I usually, I usually force somebody to end their turn if they critically fail. But you are in the middle of a trial, and I like to think that despite the fact that you critically failed, you're still trying really hard. So narratively, it makes a lot of cool sense okay. that you would get use your action surge. I love it. Um, so let me just roll these again. I uh, have disadvantage. Disadvantage! Uh, 14. 14 does not hit. 17. 17 does not hit. Okay. Um, Swing madly. <laughs> just narrowly missing your brother as he... <laughs> small movements to get out of the way. Okay. Um, that's that's all I had as an idea. Uh, 16. Strength saving throw. Strixine strength saving throw. What? Oh, it's based on his DC. Uh, eight. Eight plus, I think, proficiency plus intelligence. Eight plus intelligence. Yeah. Uh... Should be like what? Yeah, a DC you're able six? to get out. You're able to get out uh, as you you feel yourself hitting the limits of the magic and push through the barrier and break up, break out of it. And he says, "Well done, brother." And then he once again uh, moves quickly. Narratively, we're going to do that whole Naruto thing where he disappears for a second and then reappears behind you. There's no facing, so there's no advantage right. for it. But nothing personal. Yeah, kid. he's going to swing at you. Um, I'm I'm using my frosty dice too, just for what it's worth, because he's he's from the north. Yep. <laughs> uh, um. Let me see. Um, you see him, though, when he transfers, scream out, and you f see his skin thicken as if infused with some sort of, like, hardening element. And he is going to uh, swing at you now with his thicker skin, um, and it should be noted that as he attacks you and you attack him, you start to feel the elemental energy of the things that he's doing and the way. And now you understand why this had to be a fight to learn, because simply telling you wouldn't be enough. He had to show you. Um, and he rolled a 25 to hit with his first attack. Um, that's going to hit. And a blah, 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 blah with the second one. So we've got a total of 14 on the first one. Okay. 
and 29 on the second one. Yeah, even with my stones and Magical durance, slashing. if I rolled a d12 with how much HP I have right now, that would have only given me 17. I wouldn't be able to do anything. I am down. And so with that last swing, understanding that it would be your end, he stops it on your neck. Um, and then like sticks the so like his sword into the ground. It's made of stone. He stabs it into the stone and then puts his hand down in front of you to help you up. Yeah, uh, we'll reach out, take the hand. And you see, you feel the, the warmth of the fire within him, the crackling of the energy, the strength in, of his skin, um, the, like, all of these sort of elemental energies seem to be around him. Um, and he says, so, that's a rune knight. But part of our tradition is that a master can only teach two of the runes that he knows. The rest must be sought by the student so they can become a master over time. Which would you like to know? Strengthen chains of fires, giants, their forging spirits infused into the energies. The foresight of the storm giants and their ability to change and alter states. The, the rugged durability of the hill giants. The calm of the frost giants. The, uh, the con contemplation of the cloud giants. All of these are available, but I can only teach you two. Honestly, it felt kind of like cheating that you just seemed to know where my first swing would come from. But that is the the magic that allows you to do that. That's, uh... Um... I am interested in the storm giant and the... the mm. Uh, which one was it? The, uh... Hill giant strength. Turn into a shopping screen? What uh, just happened fire? here? Hill. Hill giants? Yes. Alright. Sit here with me in the middle of this uh, circle. There's, and he kind of like sweeps away a little bit. Yeah, dust and dirt um, as parts of the uh, ground. Despite he's like, this is not very well used. So, cut the snow out, but you can't melt away dirt. And he shows you uh, some runes on the ground there. And he sits there in one space where there is like four circles. And he says there used to be more students. So the master would teach up to three students, but it's just you and I. You are the second in 200 years from our tribe. So. Uh, please sit, and we will begin to infuse the energies within you. Vol will take his uh, place. Um, a little stiff, but he's um, happy, I guess. Um, and do you, as you begin to sit there and contemplate, um, we're going to cut back to Nox and Magdor in the tent real quick. Uh, as I know we are being a little pressed, we, we have we have a time limit here in the next 15 minutes uh, to make sure that we're out. But uh, 
Uh, Magdor, you walk in and you see that scene that was set in front of you with Nox, with the, the mice and the plant. And uh, you see Magdor come into the tent in an, a flashy new set of uh, imp- new and improved looking chainmail. Uh, I don't think that's going to be enough to feed us. But I appreciate Hello. the effort. Hello, Magdor. You look well. Magdor's going to walk out of the tent. <laughs> <laughs> he just walks out. Awesome. So, Mac, uh, Nox, you realize as Magdor comes in and that kind of takes you out of your contemplative state. Oh, um, then. Hey, Magdor. That now, oh. from oh. your. Walks back in. From. From your, uh, from your, your, your training and work with Greppa, you now have the ability to cast Lesser Restoration once per day with no spell components and without expending a spell slot. Oh, hell yeah. And you also have the ability to utilize the level six ability from a Divine Soul Sorcerer before you get there. The empowered healing, if I remember correctly. Yep, you can heal people better, and you can do things like remove poisons and conditions. Cool. So we won't have to go kill some yetis in order to heal wolves. Wow! <laughs> Thank you. Wow! You're welcome. Um, and now, quickly cutting back to our friend in the, uh, you know, the arena of sorts. Um, your brother says, "All right, now close your eyes." And I want you to think on how you felt when the energy of the storm giants and that of the hill giants was... Because I know you felt the energies as we fought. Yes? Yes. Think about them. Focus on them. The pain, also the magic. Try to push past the pain into what it felt like to channel that energy. Because even if it was moving into you, you were channeling in it. Even if you felt the hardness of my skin as I was sturdier from the magic of the hill giants, you felt the energy and the strength within, and you were connected to it. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and, because I believe that rune knights are intelligence-based as a subclass, right? Yes. Okay, so I need you to make an intelligence check with your proficiency. And because you have a master there helping you, you have advantage. Oh, okay. 14. And? Twice. Oh, twice? Sorry, I didn't hear the twice part. Oh, I didn't say that. That's my fault. That's why I added Um, it. (laughs) 11. 11. Great. Just needed a 10. Wonderful. Um... You sit there and you, in the darkness behind your eyes, you know, because your eyes are closed, it's dark. Um, you feel the different colors of energies, uh, one being kind of like an earthy brown tone, the other one being a very bright bluish light, uh, coalesce in two kind of spaces where your eyes would be, you know, like right in front of you. Whoa, just hit the camera, sorry. And, um, as you've sat there for a while, you don't know how long focusing on these energies, um, you hear your brother's voice kind of like 
cut in as if you were separated from the world for a moment, kind of distant and then closer and then closer until he's, it sounds like he's just sitting in front of you like he was. And he says, open your eyes, brother. Paul opens his eyes. And in front of you, floating in the air around each other as if orbiting a small, tiny planet are two runes. And he says, you coalesce those with your very thoughts. Unfortunately, that's one thing that can only be done once. Uh, two at a time, that is. But if you meet a master who knows them and is not your first master, or you're able to somehow just find a rune that was abandoned or lost, you may be able to infuse that into your repertoire of abilities that are given to you from the runes. Now, the runes can be placed wherever you want. You have a friend who is very, very good at forging. I think he may rub, rival father in his ability to do things with weapons and armor. He may be able to infuse these and attach them to armor or weapons if you would like, as I have done with my pommel on my sword for the the storm and the, uh, uh, which uh, I guess is Uvar. The Uvar and the, uh, and the Eild runes. Now you have the Uvar and Eild runes yourself and may infuse them where you like, how you like. And my brother Rise as a rune knight. Um, Vol, right, so, and also just to be clear, I, I don't know if you just mix it up, but, uh, Hill. Oh, sorry, yeah, Hill, yeah, sorry. Yeah. How It's the Haug and the, uh, and the Uf. Haug and Uvar. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, yeah, Vol will, uh, That's my bad. <laughs> no, just making sure that maybe I, anyways. Uh, Vol, right. <laughs> I got something and I can't change it now. Um, yeah. Full stands up. Maybe more, um... Uh, maybe more lost in thought because this is all very new. And maybe it's the first time he's ever felt, um, magic and such, um, potency around him or, like, that he can actually feel. Um, whatever yeah. the form this magic is. Um, it's very raw, for sure. Yeah, so he's just more... Um, he's up, like He'd probably be very cautious right now, despite seeing how capable his brother was with using it and controlling it. Right now, he's very uh, cautious about what he'd be able to do with it because... Are you trying to hide that at all, or is it just like silent, like kind of like looking around and yeah, thoughtfulness yeah, just sort more, of thing? Yeah, like he's, he wouldn't try to hide it, but he's not like freaking out or panicking. Like The caution comes from right. seeing, uh, or at least his experiences with um uh nox's um like <laughs> destructive capabilities right he's not and seeing that a little bit he's not super hyper aware of other people's abilities or feelings but he is your brother and that didn't change and he sees it on your face and says come let's walk ask me any questions you may have because brother you are more adept at this than i was i didn't even land a blow when i fought my master well, I got lucky. It was all that time on the road. And you got me right here. Look at this. I'm gonna have to have Greppa heal it. It's quite the wound. As he's bleeding profusely on the ground. He's covered it up. He's covered it up. Stop the bleeding, but it's still like... It's a nice wound. Like, you got him good. I picked up a few tricks. Figured I'd give it my all at least. So it would seem. And as he puts his arm around your shoulder, uh, he starts to lead you back towards the village and says, What questions do you have? 
I want to sate the uneasiness that you have. It's not hard to read it. No questions, more so just magic. I mean, I think I, I feel like I've had this had this discussion with Greppa. It's just magic is more foreign to us, or at least in the way that some people use it out in the world. And I'm just cautious on... Do you doubt yourself when you move through a forest? No. It's the same with the runes. Mm. Trust the runes to be as they are and they will be. The forest is the forest. You know the forest. You know how to move through it. You know how it lives. It breathes. The animals move through it. It is common and natural to you. As a rune knight, you coalesce these stones with your very will. These would not exist if your will was not strong enough, and it was. I suppose then... Trust yourself, and you will be fine. I suppose then it's just new. It'll take me some... time. Yes. But not too long, because... For sure. We've got things to deal with. We absolutely do. And your trials are not yet over. Each one of you was uh, sent to somebody to learn something new, to be imparted some sort of skill that may be able to help you in the future in the fight against this dragon and the frost giants, but also in your future endeavors past that. We want to help you past that, as your helping us is wonderful. Uh, we cannot be so selfish as to think that helping you will only help us. Hopefully it will help many. So, there is one test yet to come. And all of you must endure it together. Well, if it's one thing, it's uh, enduring anything together. We've somehow managed to make it through. And despite our dysfunction sometimes. Hmm. Trials and tribulations are one thing. How you come out of them on the other end is an entirely another matter. And it seems as though for you three that has been... Trials by fire have just refined your ability to be resilient... By f- Steadfast. By fire, resilience, fucking will of iron patience. I don't know how I managed this long. Well, you have more patience than I do if you have to deal with those two sometimes. It's worth it some days. <laughs> I'm sure. And at that, your conversation, this conversation takes until you're back at the village and he stops in front of the tent and he says, if they're done, they'll be in there. Um... But if they're not, just wait for them. Understood. Uh, actually, Magdor, where did you go? You left the tent. I, I walked back in once he started talking normally. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you two are in there. I've given that a chance to talk for a little bit. We won't RP super high just because we're close to our time frame, and I want to respect that. Uh, but uh, your brother uh, opens his arms and puts his hand up. Uh, waiting for a traditional Valnugoni greeting of closeness, um, waiting for you to reciprocate if you want. Yeah, Vol would reciprocate. Okay. And when you're close, he whispers something to you. He says, Death is never the end. Nobility goes beyond the life that you live here. So if either of us end up sacrificing ourselves for the betterment of the people of this region against this dragon, I want you to know that I will see you again. Um, Vol would probably just nod. He doesn't have much to say to that. Does not respond, but yeah. 
he says, you were always quiet. I appreciate I appreciate that about you. And he pats you on the back of the head and then turns and walks away. And he says, remember, trust yourself. And uh, leaves you standing at the entrance to the tent. Um, Vol would probably just hang around maybe like like a two seconds longer watching his brother walk away and then head back into the tent. You guys see Vol come into the tent cut and bruised uh, with burns on his shoulders uh, as uh, he enters the tent. But, but probably happy. And like one of those, I like I can't think of. The... Is it like a small smile yeah, was, creeping up on the no, side of the I was going to say it's like uh, I can't remember what fucking show it is or what anime or whatever it is. But then there's like, can't you see he's happy and it's the same expression this character's been wearing for fucking ever. <laughs> I'm so happy. Yeah. So like maybe more his demeanor or physical. Maybe there's like a hint of like you know uh, like a point one percent of a curl on the corners of his <laughs> mouth. But there's like something where it's like. Okay, he's not he's not being broody. <laughs> he's not being broody, so he must be happy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Magdor seeing him walk in all cut and bleed bleeding and stuff will say, uh, uh you look like you need a drink and a nap. A nap more than a drink. So that all right. so that I can get my health back mechanically. That would be nice. Um, Vol's not gonna have too much to say, really. Not right now, he's still, um, his head's fuzzy and he's just gonna kinda, like, just sit on his bed. Um, yeah, just kinda, like, thinking, thinking away. Lost in thought a little bit. Okay. As you all sit in the tent? Oh, yeah, Nox, sorry. No, it's okay, I mean, Nox is just, uh, sitting there, uh, Acting like Mother Nature over here with, uh, you know, 20 feet of hair just around them. <laughs> like, they look ex- aesthetically just like Mary, just super long beach blonde hair uh, and a bunch of mice in a potted plant. And just sitting there, like, in the zen state, like, they probably, you know, hit a doobie or something like that. Just, I understand now. I now have gained the power to make Magdor sober. Only if you consider. Oh, sorry. No, I was gonna say, what are you doing? Only if you consider being drunk or poison. (laughs) And Hector's gonna uh, pass out drunk. (laughs) From the other side of the tent, as he laughs and kind of lays down a little bit, uh, all of you in the tent together, you hear a voice uh, that is obviously uh, the chief, the chieftain, Goruk. Uh, from the other side, and he says, Um, in an hour or so, can you all come to my tent? There's one trial yet for you all to meet. Okay, um, you don't need to respond. If you don't come, you don't come. Okay, bye. <laughs> and he just, you hear his large footsteps walk away. Did he just treat the, the tent door like a, a voicemail? I, I mean, he just announced. Well, we, it's not uncommon. Have I'm, I'm pretty sure if we ever camped out, I've done that before too. It's not like these are thick walls. They're not going to hide all the sound. 
What happens if we weren't in here, though? I mean, but, we've just, just been talking to a tent door. But he probably knew that we were in here because... I mean... Draws back. Greppa's alone. <laughs> um, yeah. And Magdor was training him, so... Craven, go call him right. in affirmation so he doesn't worry about it. He's gonna think about it. And he flies up to the center of the the area where he could fly out, calls in the direction that the voice was coming from, and next time we come back to casual master or casual quest masters, we will find out what happens for the final part of your trial. And uh Yeah. Yeah. That you have to do together. Oh shit, really? Yeah. Alright. Well shit. The triumvirate comes together. Ooh, I like that. You can find me on Twitter at two times styler. You can find me on Twitter at LR the eleventh all letters one word. Um Glenn, where can we find you? I don't know who does. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Houston. GL the uh, two ends with the Glenn and Houston looks like Huston. What about what about you, Brandon? You can find me on Twitter at Zigzagoon. That's it. Cool. We are a part of Casual Master Quest, a podcast network dedicated to giving you the video games, tropes, and other fun facts that you deserve. You can find the show everywhere you can Google and on Twitter at CMQ Network. That was Nick as Kratos. That was Brandon as Thor. That was Glenn as some super powerful grandma slash brother slash father slash other people. And, of course, me as Rapunzel. We'll see you next week with another session of Casual Quest Masters. And don't forget to never stop the quest. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Casual Quest Masters. Thank you so much to you, our listeners, for being here, and to Sirenscape for allowing us to utilize their amazing programs for sounds and music. Check them out at sirenscape.com. We hope to see you here next time for the next episode of Casual Quest Masters.